to the Hopeful Influence podcast, a podcast that talks about Christian leadership for everybody. And my name is Matt, and I am joined by Jude and Taria today. Nice to see you both. Hello, hello. All good. Yep, yep. Feeling good. We're, we're going to jump uh, straight in this week, uh, and we're talking about Hopeful Influence in the third sector, which is uh, charities, social enterprises, uh, those involved in community organization and uh, things around that and much more as well. And so I wonder as we jump in and we've talked about this um, in the last few episodes about our involvement in third sector. And so I wonder, T, do you want to start us off with that? Yeah, sure. So um, just after I left university, I started a job with Just Love UK, which is a charity whose vision is to inspire and release every Christian student to pursue the biblical called social justice. Um, yeah, bit of a big vision there. <laughs> um, but yeah, my role with that was was quite um, varied. So I did a lot of design, social media stuff, um, as well as empowering student leaders in the Northwest um, and hosting events. Brilliant. That kind of stuff, yeah. Jude, what about you? Cool stuff. Um, well, I mean, you know, churches have charitable status. So in some sense, I'm sort of participating in that sector. But I, I spent a year um, in Nigeria, actually, with a, um, a charitable um, organisation. Uh, setting up a computer department in um, a couple of secondary schools and, and working with um, some of the folks on the ground to try and build sustainability into that uh, that project. So, um, and, and as a church leader, you know, working with charities and support, partnering with, um, supporting with. So, yeah, one or two, one or two experiences in there. Right. Yeah. And then for me, I, re- I realised when we were talking about before we came on, uh, I was like, oh, I'm not sure I have. And I actually spent a few years working for a charity in the north, uh, Liverpool, um, working towards taking young people out of poverty and like equipping parents, um, but um, really trying to prevent young people just following the path of what they've seen before, but uh, are kind of like gang-related activities because that's where you can get your money rather than actually getting a job or different things like that. And so that that's a, a brief example really but um spent a few years doing that as well and i wonder i wonder if are there times when we've seen that work well our experiences and have we got stories of when we've seen um it work well for sure i mean one or two i mean it sort of might be helpful to kind of think a little bit about the the, the sort of how hopeful influence gets played out in the third sector as a sort of general thought on the before we dive into detail but the um uh, you know, one of the things we've talked a lot about, isn't it, is this sense of moving into a God-shaped future and that we're aligning our influence with, uh, you know, trying to allow the make space for the Holy Spirit to direct our influence so that what we're doing is we're, we're, we're participating in this movement into a better world, to, to a God-shaped future. And I, I think in some ways the, the role of the third sector, you know, could be thought of in part at least as a little bit like a safety net, whereas the sort of um, the commercial sector and the political forces are you know sort of driving forwards into a different future that actually there's all sorts of gaps and whether it's you know failures in in the benefit system or you know uh, social breakdown social challenges you know stuff that's not profit-led that's about but it's about the common good and about our our, our social well-being and well-functioning communities um, and individuals Uh, and so the the third sector steps into that on this journey forward and so it kind of kind of works a little bit like a safety net but also a little bit like a kind of 
it, it's part. It's you know. So the third sector has a voice, you know, in shaping our future too. And so there's some sense in which how the third sector dialogues with the political institutions and and the, and the commercial sector to help carve out that better future. And often, you know, the stories that are emerging from the third sector, the, the people that we're serving are coming alongside, illustrate the failures, you know, of, 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 of the commercial and the political, um, you know, status quo uh, and, and help inform that better future. So it's sort of both a safety net, but it's also acting like a, so the third sector is almost like an eschatological safety net, but also an eschatological sort of signpost into something, how things should be better, you know, so that you don't have those those breakdowns. And so I think that sort of might be how we could visualise uh, its role and what we're talking about. And and for me, I think about a, um, a charity called Fawings, Four, who, who we partner with, who do an amazing work with women who've experienced trauma and um you know, they have these sort of foundational principles about the value of the human being and just how, you know, some of these women just feel crushed and 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 they feel like life's almost come to a bit of a full stop and, and, and so Four Wings about sort of, um, you know, it, it, through building community uh, and casting vision for, uh, you know, um, uh, the value of the, of, of, of the person and, and, and a better way of being and doing life they're sort of um they're helping these women to refine themselves and to to, to get, reassess some of their potential and run all these little projects and we did like a film project here in church with them where they were sort of filmmaking and telling stories and it was just amazing to see how empowering you know that was you know strengthening cvs and experience but also just giving them a vo- helping them find their voice you know as they make sense of the experiences they've had and where the future might go and so um yeah a real a real sense of sort of just you know biblically informed vision of humanity and um you know an organization that's been stirred by the injustice that people have experienced and wanting to put that right so Mm. amazing yeah brilliant what about you sam yeah so with just love i mean it was amazing just seeing in my time so many students getting inspired to do social justice in their local areas um i think while i was there there were around 23 groups i think that were set up um all across the uk and each one of those groups were doing things like volunteering in their local charities raising money for charities um i think the stat i remember when i was there was that groups had raised sixty-seven thousand pounds for charities and there's just so much impact while those students were at universities that was amazing but I think for me the most inspiring thing was knowing that those students would move on from university and go into different spheres like whether it's medicine or politics or the local church and we tried to give them the tools that they would need to be able to make well-informed decisions well-informed justice choices while being in those spheres Um, and I think we, we won't actually see the true, true impact um, till the next 50 or so years where we've empowered all these students who are, are starting to make a difference in their careers. Um, so I, I think the long-term impact for me is is what's so exciting about Just Love and its, its vision, yeah. That's brilliant. I, I remember um, working towards trying to get some young people to go to university and they were the first people in in their family, the first generation that had ever ever been to university. And so you kind of realised, well, this is more difficult than other people who have done this before, their parents have, and working towards that and some of the structures that you put in place. But but when you see them get there, you're like, wow, that 
that is, you're you're almost helping them dream about a better future a god-shaped future that we've talked about before but um it's sometimes impossible to for them to understand that future if it's if it's never been uh, they've never had a vision of that and so given that vision and how that could work for them i remember being quite a complicated and interesting way to work out it's a complicated thing but you're trying to make it really simple for young people and finding that really rewarding something that somebody else they just think that's their path through life but seeing a first uh, a generation go through and to be the first generation uh, to do that was was so rewarding uh, for me and to, a lot of it is that that dreaming of a god-shaped future and putting it into place that we've talked about uh, before as well we're gonna we're gonna hear from hannah bowring uh, who uh, works for Tier Fund and she works a lot at partnering with churches alongside all the amazing work that they do. And so uh, Juju had a conversation with, with her um, for the book and um, for some promo with that. And um, it's great to hear from her and, and, see, and hear just the wisdom around some of that stuff. So we're going to listen to that and then we're going to talk about it as usual afterwards. <laughs> Great. So we're um, we're going to be talking now about uh, hopeful influence in the third sector. That's in the sort of sphere of life with uh, charities and social enterprises making a difference in wider uh, society. Hannah, it's great to have you with us here, being involved in this conversation. Thank you. Yeah, good to be here. Brilliant, Hannah. You you're part of the church's team at Tear Fund, and and of yeah. course you wrote in the book hopeful influence. You put a little comment piece in there. Hannah, maybe you could just tell us a bit about your role and a bit about what sort of leadership and influence looks like uh, for you. Yeah, so we um, obviously at Tier Fund, we're working in a number of different ways, both in emergencies and in ongoing development and also in advocacy. advocacy I can't even say the word advocacy and campaigning, which is my section. You wouldn't know that because I can't say the word. Um, yeah, so. That's kind of generally what Tear Fund is about. And then my role within that is um, to bring our work, keep our work in the mind of the UK church. Um, and so to be talking to the UK church about global justice, about justice for those living in poverty, um, and also, of course, for the advocacy things that go with that. So that means um, helping people remember that the systems in this world even though they can impact us a bit in this country, impact the global poor hugely more. Um, and there are so many unjust systems in this world that keep people in poverty. Um, and then beyond that, we move into things like climate change um, and uh, yeah, all, all the things around that that again, keep people in poverty. So the leadership in that is, is to say, as Christians, this is part of our discipleship. This is part of who we are called to be. We were called to look after creation. We are called time and time again by our God to look after those who are the last and the least. That is, he is a God of justice all the way through the Bible. So it's bringing that, making sure that that, that is uh, communicated, that that, um, that that stays central to who we are in the UK church. And we are by no means the only people doing that. Um, but we do it with the lens of the global poor. Um, and yeah, and so I, I see kind of us as a prophetic voice 
Um, at times, sometimes it's a prophetic voice that just builds on what local church is already doing. But sometimes it's a prophetic voice that says, we have forgotten. We have forgotten what God cares about. Not all that God cares about, but bits of what God cares about. And we need to remember. Um, yeah. Hannah, that is amazing. That is so inspiring. And I know that we at St. James's have sort of uh, benefited so much from um, some partnership stuff we've done with you and your sort of um, agitation and uh, sort of pro pro provocation to sort of kind of be really be um, intentional, clear, you know, in it for the long term around sort of social justice and, and how that plays out within a Christian community. So um, I think you're doing amazing things um, on that front and you're hugely inspiring, inspiring to me. Um, so thinking a bit about this sort of hopeful influence stuff and like this sort of movement into the the renewed world that you're talking about there, God's expressions of justice. And like, I don't know, for sort of, for third sector organizations, perhaps more generally, what, what, if it was like, you're probably at the forefront of this, but what, what kind of things would you be um, uh, perhaps drawing attention to, uh, to enable sort of hopeful influence to be expressed well within your sector? What, what sort of, what's on your heart and what's, what, what do you see working particularly well in the third sector? Yeah, um, so the reason that I started working for Tear Fund is that I, I was interested in this area of, of justice and poverty. Um, and, and what I saw in Tear Fund was this hugely empowerment-based model. Um, so we call it uh, church and community transformation. Um, and it's, it, it is really like it's a process that uh, churches go through in communities all in the poorest communities all across the world and they are led through a process where they look at the bible first it's rooted in um who who god has called each individual to be and their identity in god and then to look at that and say god what do i have in my hands and how can i use that um within this community to see all of us be able to come out of poverty to lift the whole community out of poverty and it's such an empowering model there is no sense in that model of um yeah that paternalistic um handout mentality obviously there are times when handouts are needed within development and we do work within um emergency and disaster situations where people do need emergency supplies and that is more of a handout situation but the majority of our development work is about asking getting people to look at what's in their hands and use what God has already given them. And the stories that come out is, are absolutely incredible and it is long-term sustainable development. Um, the only issue we have now is that things around climate change and obviously, I mean, the situation we're in right now with COVID-19 are gonna set people back massively. Communities are gonna be pushed back into poverty who were coming out of it. But the principle of, um, the respect that you give someone by saying, actually, you can do this um, with some support structures around you, but you can do this. And we will be using that also within our response to COVID-19 and in disasters um, as well, um, using money handouts rather than actual specific food handouts. So that stimulates economy. People can choose what they want to buy within an emergency situation. So that, that is that kind of um, uh, those values that it's based on of the individual being important to God and being of value because they are created by God 
um, it's it's a beautiful thing to see, and yeah. I'm very proud that of it. That is so amazing. That is so amazing. I, I think that just illustrates that if you sort of start with, um, you know, a, a, a sort of a theologically rich uh, picture of humanity, you know, well-informed picture of who we are, made in God's image, with this sort of intrinsic value to be able to contribute and to participate and to create and to join in you know that's that's what it means in part to be human and and you've sort of because you've started there that sort of seems to keep your your activity you know the expressions of your influence just yeah. really aligns with this bigger picture of like what god wants to do uh, in the world and you know just i mean it's just amazing yeah. um what, what, what did you want to a question back at me have you got a little, little comment in there you want to bring out perhaps and um, yeah and my question to you was you know you are a church a church leader um many of us in the third sector are especially us christian organizations in the third sector are trying to engage with churches um like is there anything that you'd say to us um yeah as a church leader well yeah gosh you know what what to say i mean i i but i mean perhaps tier funder just um I wouldn't want to say a unique example, but they are, uh, you know, you're in this bracket of um, organizations that I just think are, are just are so helpfully uh, provocative and in, informing the church, you know, in terms of what some of our social justice expressions can look like. And and so, you know, I just think you're doing a wonderful job and, you know, um, yeah, just more, more Lord, um, <laughs> more Lord. I think the, um, I think, um, I think if more, you know, when I when I wrote the book and, you know, I had to obviously, you know, I've had experience in the third sector myself and I had to, you know, talk to lots of people in the third sector. I think the, um, I think one of the things I think I saw lacking, I see lacking is this sort of constantly going back to the, the God intended shape for humanity. Mm-hmm. And I, I think sometimes third sector organisations can respond to a need um, but then you know things are so fast moving and people's personal journeys and stories are so fast moving that you can sort of respond to a need um but you know it's always with god it's always about well what's next and how are we growing and where's the opportunity to sort of move forward in 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 deeper ways and so you know your stuff around sort of um not being too paternalistic and and thinking long term and you know constantly going back to that that vision for humanity to think about how we what what services are we providing and what what shapes they really need to take in, in the context we're in. You know, I think if every third sector organization was doing that, then, um, you know, we, we'd see more transformation <laughs> than we're seeing at the moment. So, I mean, you, you know, I just think more, more of what you're doing. I, I would love, this is a complete size. I'm just making this up as we go along really, but the, uh, I think it'd be really interesting to do a bit of a mapping around some of the social justice activities that we um, really get behind as a church community. Mm. And some of the the learning, the sort of discipleship learning that you've you've got around what what really um, what really helps people to grow, you mm. know, and 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 what's lasting and and long standing, and you know, there could be an interesting conversation piece there uh, between the two. Yeah, amazing. Be up for that. Yeah. <laughs> cool stuff. We just we're just creating new things now, aren't we? As part of the conversation. <laughs> But Hannah, thank you so much for writing in the book. Thank you so much for your uh, contribution there and just all you're doing at Tier Fund. And, um, well, thanks again. Thank you for inviting me. It's a great privilege. Thanks, Jude. Thanks.
Brilliant. It's so good to hear from Hannah and it's so good to be able to partner with Tier Fund and just have those relationships uh, there. I wonder if there's something that we just take away from uh, that chat there. If there's something that we're just, um, that really just pressed uh, uh, something on us that re will really stick with us. T, do you have anything? Yeah, I just loved what Hannah was saying about, um, yeah, posing that question of what do I have in my hands? Um, and so much of what Tier Fund does is helping people to see that they have God-given gifts, they have skills, they have creativity that can all be worked together for the common goal of lifting people out of poverty. Um, and I also love the community aspect of that, that it's not just relying on one person or one leader in the community, that actually all of us have this responsibility, this this um, yeah opportunity, I suppose, to to lift people out of poverty. That it's a group effort, um, and I think ultimately that is more sustainable long term when everyone can see how they can be helpful and it's yeah not just reliant on a particular thing or person. How about you, Jude? Yeah, yeah, a couple of things. I think I think the um, we talk a lot, don't we, about the sort of uh, doing things with people and not to people um and and that's just how central that is and I, I just you know it's fine saying that but kind of the way Tiffin have just got that so written into their practices that they're um they're really cautious um and they're really thoughtful um before they do anything you know it's like well how is this is this empowering or is it disempowering you know and and, and what what are some of those deep-rooted needs mm -hmm. and what does you know a much more um uh, you know, holistic, um, coherent movement forward. What does it actually look like? You know, and it's not just about. I mean, it, it might be meeting a particular need in a moment, but it's, it's gearing that into a much bigger movement vision for how to move forward. And I just think that's so, just so wise and so thoughtful and so just chimes so richly with what we're talking about. You know, with hopeful influence and. Um, and, and I think related to that, this sort of cause and effect thing and kind of how you can fixate over the effects of, of poverty and the effects of injustice. Um, but, you know, it's, in, it's inadequate to kind of stay there and, and you yeah, know, the, the cause stuff and how you... And we didn't talk so much about it, but she was sort of alluding to, um, you know, having that in, 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 the, in the eye line um, and, and, and thinking about how the the activities that we're doing within the third sector ultimately will affect, will, will, will make changes at, at the point of cause and the structural injustice as well as the outworkings of. So, yeah, really inspiring. Brilliant. Uh, does that lead us on to some of the things that we we talked about, what things that we've seen that have gone well, but things that we've seen not work so well and some um, things that we can find problematic within this sector? Um, do, you, do you want to start us off on that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, um, I mean, it's a bit sort of um, uh, slightly caricatured now, isn't it, really? But the, um, I talk a little bit in the book about it, when I was in um, Nigeria and just sort of some classic sort of paternalistic activity done towards, um, you know, Africa. You know, there's a real history around that. And, um, you know, uh, seeing you know, a tractor, a rusted old tractor in a field that had been given by a well-meaning charitable organisation and, you know, but which hadn't been given with adequate um, training skills on the ground or, or a broader sort of package for maintaining and repairing and, you know, a tractor that 
you know, come nice, bright, shiny, and you try to tractor that costs however many thousands of pounds, and you know, you use it for a year, and then it breaks down, and then you can't use it anymore. It's kind of like almost the worst caricature of like thinking of a well-meaning, well-meaning, but sort of quite unwise and unthought through act of service. And um, you know, you can go on and on with that those kinds of pictures. Um, you know, sadly, um, and and. Um, you know, I think in our own local context here um, in Liverpool, I mean, Liverpool is such a, you know, it's just, um, is a city that has been through economic hardship and there are so many amazing charities sort of working on the ground. But then the sort of the, the worst almost of that is when you have charities almost sort of, um, I mean, obviously charities have to compete for funding and there's a natural process around that. But, but the worst where almost like, you know, uh, charities sort of can, can become, um, and, and gosh, I don't mean this for uh, most charities, but occasionally you can get a slight culture within the third, third sector where, you know, it becomes all a bit self-serving and it's actually, you know, you're running after funding to keep ourselves in employment and keep us perhaps maybe even our, you know, our social status in terms of what we're delivering and how we're perceived within a particular community and, uh, and how that, you know, you can sort of drift into a constantly you know, running after funding and tackling the the immediate need without sort of stepping back and saying, well, gosh, you know, what is it that's causing this injustice and how can we really think about that? And, mm-hmm. and actually maybe this is about doing ourselves out of a job, trying to make the world better, mm-hmm. you know, in a way where we're not needed in this particular, in this particular form, you know, in a sort of, sort of an agility and a creativity and, a, again, the hopeful thing, you know, written into some of that, that, that practice and posture. So, yeah. See, you had a really good analogy for that, didn't you, before when we were talking off mic? That I would love for you to share. Yeah, sure. So it's an analogy that um, the CEO of Just Lab would share quite often. Um, and it's about dead bodies in a river. Very nice picture there. But um, And it's about how charities will often focus on pulling those dead bodies out of the river, you know, tackling that immediate need. But actually what needs to happen is a balance of that and also figuring out what's going on upstream. What are the causes of that, you know, those dead bodies flowing into the into the river? So... You know, it's, it's about tackling those structural things as well as meeting the immediate needs. And obviously there's a tension there, and, but, but I think um, charities often will focus on, on putting the plaster on the wounds, but actually how do we tackle the, the, deep, the deeper things, the wounds that will actually stop that injustice from happening? And I love what you said just there, Jude, about um, yeah, how charities maybe should have that vision of writing themselves out of a job because I almost wish that just love uk wasn't a thing i wish that we wouldn't have to um spend that time and effort empowering christian students i wish that you know maybe churches or, or something else would mm. would do that yeah and, the local church yeah the yeah, local that should church be the place. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. that's it yeah where well, our discipleship is is so rich and healthy that people have got a very clear sense right from the off you know mm. if, if we're called to be justice bearers in the world and uh, yeah. you know giving people opportunity to taste that younger people particularly so you're, you're making those degrees of change early in people's lives and they're developing habits and practice uh, and all that for sure and yeah yeah exactly so you know we could see a lot more change effective change potentially if if that was the case but mm. yeah and we're so grateful for the third sector. Aren't course, we're we're so course. grateful. Uh, but, and that I think that safety net thing that was talked about really early on was really helpful for us to think about. But we, we want a better future 
we want a God-shaped future. And I think, um, you know, once we've written out ourselves out of certain jobs, it's not like every job is done. You know? there are mo- there's more there's m- more goodness for us to keep stepping into, keep stepping into. And so I think that's that's part of the hope, isn't it, and the dream, really, as we as we look forward. I think that I think that's really helpful because I think the sort of I think the es- you know, the now and the not yet of the kingdom. There's always there'll always be the not yet. Jesus, you know, Jesus said you'll always have the poor with you. You know, there will always be the not yet, and so the third sector will always be needed, and 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 the sticking plasters are so important, and the, and the you know, you're pulling. It's a bit of a brutal analogy, but you know, you're pulling people out of the water. Hopefully, there's some signs of life there that you know you, people can be revived, and that there is a sort of. Um, so we're always going to need that, um, and 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 you know some of the you know for me personally, I think about people I know. You know some of the most inspiring people I know have, have given themselves to work in the third sector for precisely that reason because they see the need and they just move by compassion. And so, so it'll always be there. But then it's it's how does that as we as collectively we move forward, hopefully, you know, under God. Um, you know, in, into these these better futures, and you know that the, the, there's this creative dynamic within the third sector. Well, what what do those needs look like now, and how how do we how are we responding creatively to the next thing? Because the next thing's always going to be there, and so you know, hopefully that wouldn't be a threatening thing. But you know, just what you're doing and what we're doing in the third sector, hopefully in ten years' time is going to look a little bit different in Liverpool and in our patch. 25 years time 30 40 it's going to hopefully look a bit different because we're because the needs will be different and we're we are making effects further upstream mm. and you see in history where you go where you see just examples of this was the problem and this isn't the problem anymore and that that is just such like an uplifting and encouraging thing to hear about and i, I think sometimes like i want that for my patch you know i or i think of our toxic and i think that's part of our rich history the good stuff you know that's what it was and this is what it is now is it perfect now no of course it isn't perfect but there are things we're still stepping forwards and there's a something to be um proud of there and and to um hope for for the future i think and i, I just loved that thing that Hannah said about uh, what do I have in my hands and how can I use it? And I think that's something for us all to, whether we're in the third sector or not, whether whatever part we play, that we have things that are significant in our hands for to to be empowered and to step forward with God in seeing a better God-shaped future. I wonder, could I pray for us mm-hmm. as we uh, finish? Yes, God, we just uh, look to you now and we we thank you that you are calling us into a God-shaped future. We thank you for all those who are in the third sector or those who are moved by compassion, working hard, um, just, um, just making practical steps for that future making a difference in our world. God, we pray for a blessing and favor over them uh, right now. Um, and we pray for just a... Uh, a real favor in the in their area in their work god we just pray for breakthroughs uh, and we pray for for those who need to use this sector god we pray for just real life and uh, your spirit to be moving in the lives of those who need you most 
And God, we pray for our hands and those things that are in our hands. We pray that we can use it for your glory and your goodness. We can use it to see a better future, God, uh, a God-shaped future. And God, we pray that we are just, um, we step forward with hope. Um, and we step forward knowing that we uh, can see that future uh, in our lives, in our communities, in our day to day. So God, we just pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen.